Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all month long, we are talking about money matters or money matters. Depends on which way you look at it. And my guest today is going to talk to us about this from a little different perspective, which is going to be very impactful for us, whether you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or frankly, you know, looking to increase your opportunities within your company. So Sebastian Robert de Nunez has an obsession with supporting visionary six-figure coaches and experts to create an even bigger impact. And he's helped many, many experts multiply their monthly revenues. So of course, we're talking about more money and grow their <laughs> client base. He's the co-founder of the Thought Leadership Academy. He speaks, get this, this is going to make you all feel very lazy. It definitely does me. 12 languages. He speaks 12 languages. I barely can speak my own. He's a four-time TEDx speaker, and his first TEDx talk reached over 275,000 views. He's also the host of his own podcast called Nuggets of Wisdom, and his clients have included international companies such as Remax, founders of fastest-growing company, fastest-growing Inc. 5,000 companies, and Forbes featured thought leaders. He's been invited to speak many, many times in, in international stages, including uh, Nomad Cruises. Hmm, I wonder if he got a free cruise out of that. We'll have to ask. And coach dozens of speakers for their major talks, as well as two full TEDx editions. So thank you so much, Sebastian, for joining us today from your lovely home in Portugal. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And just like from the very few minutes we had together, I feel like this is going to be a great moment uh, for us and for therefore for the listeners. Uh, I'm thrilled. I am too. And although for those that will be watching the video version of this, I know you have kind of like that, I don't know how many side uh, Rubik's cube behind you. Oh, yeah. If you if you do that, then in addition to your 12 languages, I am, I'm going to bow down to your superior everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. So Sebastian, I gave some of the highlights of your bio, but tell us in your own words, a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Yes, thank you so much for this beautiful intro. And I want to say I love the name of the show, Shock the Potential, because I truly believe that if we want to tap into that maximal potential, we have to get away from the trajectory we're on. And yes. for that, little nudges won't do much. I mean, that's how you maintain that, but at some point you need this shock of saying, whoa, no more let's readjust the, the direction of the train. So I love the, 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 the name of the podcast. And yes, I'm, I have an obsession, or I would say like a, a curse. I hate waste. I hate waste. And it's been like for years, my mother used to tell me not to waste food. Then it went from waste of electricity or the waste of plastic. But then I realized all of it comes down to the waste of human potential. Like if all the human potential was used, there would be no plastic anymore. It's not that we would not waste it, that we would be out of it. 
and we would manage all our resources in a much better way. So I want people to tap fully into what they can do. And, and there's also something very important for me is to do it in a balanced way. It's not to go to the burnout and like, I will do everything I can and to the point like, well, you don't have energy anymore to give. So yeah. actually it's how to maximize potential long term by creating the m optimal curve for you to live fully what you can create in this world. Right. So that's like the kind of the, the soft description of what I do. That's more like the feeling component. But technically, it's about raising your thought leadership, helping people to really embrace their message, go on stages. I train TEDx speakers. Uh, and then like going online, your online presence and marketing videos and all this. And then how do you literally sell that? So once you have built this authority, how do you technically sell that and maximal, maximize your capacity to create an impact? So mm -hmm. by working on the ways you can deliver, like whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, going to one-to-many, and making sure that the people you're talking to are always the people that have the maximum capacity to receive what you have to offer. And you know what, I want to re-emphasize on what I just said. The biggest problem or things that hold us back is that we have more potential than what our surrounding can receive. So we feel um, a, a, a gap between where we are and where we should be, and we don't, when we feel like there's an inadequacy because like people don't want to pay more and or they like don't really value it and are fully grateful for what we give to them. But the problem is not that you don't have value to offer, is that the the people you're talking to, and I'm talking at all position. I, I've talked right. to leaders that are in very high position that are in having the exact same problem, is they have way more to offer, but the people around them don't necessarily see it. And once you start saying, well, it's it's okay. You know, I'll just give them how, as much as what they can receive, but then I, w I still want to give my best. So I need to find people that want my best. Yes. And that's what makes the biggest difference. I, I so, as you were talking, I just was deaf. Uh, so many different examples were going through my mind, especially with the last, just thinking even a, a leader in a company that if you mm. have great vision and you want to motivate your team and you want to get people, you know, excited about promotion or advancing their skill sets, that you only have so much energy to give them if they're not taking what you have to offer. And so sometimes there's this sense, I, you know, I remember mm -hmm. uh, when I was leading a very large team, so I was responsible for about 500 people, but I had 30 managers that reported directly to me. And, you know, there were a couple that were like every day, like, what else can you give me? How can I get better? You know, <laughs> I want to take this and go. And those people are, you're like, yes, let's work on it. And then you have others that are like, I want to be promoted. I want to do this. Tell me the shortest, fastest way to get there. And I'm like, no way, you got to work on yourself. And then you have others that are like, no, nah, I'm fine. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> and for a long time, I feel, and I feel that I'm still always going back through this because as I grow, people don't grow at the same pace I do. Some people grow faster, some slower. But for a long time, it frustrated me, you know, even with clients, because I wanted them to progress faster than they 
I, they wanted themselves. And therefore, right. because I felt I was failing them, because I didn't help them grow as fast as I promised them to grow, but for them, it was going faster than what they wanted. Yeah. And, and I had, there was this frustration. And now, my, my job is to continually, continuously seek for people that ask more from me, not in a place of like neediness, but from a place of curiosity, drive, thirst of knowledge and growth. And, and say to the, and to work with the people that want less, just to give them exactly how, as much as they want and not more, definitely not less, but not more. Yeah. And therefore I can cr save my energy for where it's demanded. Yeah. And you can give those people the opportunity to come join you at a higher level, but they have to proactively take it because otherwise, you know, you can get them all excited kind of in a moment and they want that. But if they if they know in the back of their heads, they're not ready to commit to that much effort. They're not ready to make those changes. They're not ready to put that investment in place. Then all you do is, is create that, that chasm between what you know you can do for them and what they're willing and ready to do right then. And I can mm. see, yeah, I, I totally see that. And, and, that will limit you also about what you can accomplish if you're still trying to spend too much time and energy bringing those people along who aren't ready to go there yet. And, and I want to emphasize on the idea of like how much it reflects back at, at us. I have a client just so recently, I've worked with her for a long time trying to help her grow her leadership and putting out offers out there. And we worked for a year and I didn't see anything. And now it's been a year and a half with yeah, almost a year we stopped and now I see her putting things out there like, oh, you know, seeds gr uh, blood, uh, sprout on their own time. But also I know how much my mentors have probably felt the same things about me. My mentor challenged me about becoming a millionaire way before I was even ready to think about that. Mm -hmm. And I saw how much I was resisting it internally and if for him it was like well but do it it's easy go yeah and I, I might be for him the same way uh, my clients was for me and the thing is he didn't ever put pressure on me with that which made a very good relationship and with him whereas if I started putting pressure on my client like okay come on come on come on you got this you got this it starts creating a like sh she would be doing it for me and not for herself right right absolutely and then that gets in our way of, yeah, it just, it gets in the way of what we can achieve ourselves. Um, and as you were talking to, I was thinking, I, and I know I've told this story on my podcast before a couple of times, but it's one that I, I love to bring up. I had a, I had a consulting company uh, many years ago where I worked with medical practices and I would come in and I would basically increase their profitability, but it meant that I had to change patterns and I had to change behaviors and I had to change, you know, processes. And so there would always be people within the within the practice who didn't want to do that. And I had one um, that I, I just, the, the head physician, I just adored him. He was a good friend and I would come and we would talk about what he wanted to achieve. And I would come and I'd spend time there once a quarter and I'd be, you know, counseling him every week in between. And I'd get there and I'd enact all these changes and all the people would nod their heads and say, okay, okay. And then I'd leave and they'd go into his office and say, we're not doing that. So then he'd say, well, maybe we shouldn't do it this fast, or maybe we shouldn't do it that fast. And I made myself crazy for a year until finally I'm like, dude, you're fired. 
funny. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I said, I love you. You're, you're a great person. I really enjoy working mm. with you, but you're fired as my client because you're bringing down my reputation. You know, mm. <laughs> I can't get the results that you need when you can't, when you're not ready to hold your team accountable to it and they don't want to do it and you're not going to get there. So that's fine. That's just where you are, but <laughs> I can't mm. have you bring me down. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I feel that's like finding these boundaries and there are so many ways to do it. There's like firing clients. It's one of the oh, most exhilarating thing. I advise everybody to do it. But also finding, and that's what I was talking earlier about leverage, is finding other ways to provide value without having it require more from you. So yeah. that's why you go from one-on-one -on -one to a group or maybe to a group to a bigger group so that you have less touch and that people, you know, if you ha give that energy but it's spread out to 100 people, even if not everybody is moving as fast, like the sum of the progress of everybody makes it worth it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's like, or, or just publishing a book or po posting videos on your YouTube channel or episodes on your podcast is like, well, there are people that need more time. And again, I want to say it's not people. People, including me, sometimes need more time to have an idea mature long enough. We need a thousand drops until like the cup is full and it starts like pouring over. Yes. Or like, I don't know, it's like the image of like the snow on a branch and it can have a lot of thousands, a million snowflakes, but then there's one snowflake that is... Yeah. Oh, it's like the, the straw breaking the donkey's uh, <laughs> back. There's like an expression. I don't know in which language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we say the, the straw that broke the camel's back. That very exactly. last one. Boom. Boom. That's it. But it, it can't be a, work for a donkey. Well, and when you have, uh, when you start to work with your clients, you know, I can, I would imagine that they come excited and they're like, I know Sebastian's going to take me to the next level, but do you also find that many of them, as you start to work with them, that even though they came in very excited, very, you know, ready to embrace it, that, that they hit a point where they're like, okay, wait a minute. I didn't realize I was going to have to take those extra steps. I wasn't, I know, I knew in my head, maybe I was, but moving out of the comfort zone is hard. Moving off this trajectory of doing it the way I've done it is hard. How do you help get them past those, those moments of their own self-doubt? Yeah, so I, I would go back to the idea of leverage again, and that's like having different offers that help them people ease in, so they don't start with a mo your most expensive one-on-one, -on -one, precious time, so which requires more commitment from both sides. And having a, like, even like a mini course from you or like a group coaching that is cheaper, like or a boot camp, a masterclass, an online workshop that gives them the chance to feel that. So instead of like going all the way up to excitement and down, feel like, okay, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can, okay, oh, okay, okay. You know, seeing, building that up inside of them. So that's one thing. Now, on that note, also I notice how much increasing my fees reduce that. Because the more you increase your fees, the more like before people commit to something, the more they think about it. And it doesn't, it does matter how much money they're initially making, but even if they have more money, the more expensive it is, the more you think about it. Right. You, you don't, even if you're a multi-multi-millionaire, when you buy something for 100,000 
or 100 euros, you're thinking about it. You're like, is it really worth it? Do I really want to do this? Even if for you, relatively, it's less, you still have this feeling like, okay, mm, I'm going to think about it. So yeah. these um, ordeal of the, the, the price makes it, it's a very practical way of testing commitment. It's not necessarily always the case, but it does help because then there's like, I'm in this, let's do this. But I wanted to say on another note, sometimes I actually tone down the excitement. Mm, okay, tell because me more. when there's this initial excitement, it can also easily lead to not necessarily a burnout, but a mini burnout. Where because like, now I signed up, now I committed, now I paid, now I'm in, now I gotta do everything. Mm -hmm. And like, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to take it easy. We're not here to change everything in one week. That, let's do the big things we can the first week. But then we're thinking long term. So these excitement can also create impatience. Yeah. And I want to make sure we don't tap into impatience because impatience is the most efficient thing to slow you down. Because once you get impatient, you push onto the world, basically to everybody around you saying, why are you not telling me yes yet? Whether yes. it's client or teammates or everything or partners, uh, love partners, like you're like, why not now? Why not now? Why not now? And therefore, like the people, oh, uh, I don't know. And then they almost justify why not. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready. Yeah, you're right. I think I, as you're talking about that, I can see uh, examples of myself when I've done that. I get excited mm. about something. I'm ready to go. Let's just launch it and make it happen. And if I'm not fully ready, then it doesn't go over well and it doesn't create the experience that you want. But, you know, it is a lot of us entrepreneurs can get very excited about things and you, you want to go and you want to make it a wow factor right now because all the energy is behind me. But yes, and, and that's the thing. Having to take some deep breaths. I, one of the biggest part of the work I do is to take people away from scarcity. Mm -hmm. So one, like what you just said, for me, highlighted this scarcity is a fear that I will not have when I need it. It's usually not I don't have right now when I need it. It's I will not have when I need it. And these impatience and this drive is a scarcity or the fear that I will not have this drive and passion and energy tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it's all, you know, there's also these things like, oh, I'm motivated now, I better do it now. And there's some part of truth, you know, listening to your, but there's also the moment where you push yourself until 5 a.m. to finish something and like, yeah, that's cool. You use your energy when you had it, but the next day you're, out and you cannot create so you're not creating a sustainable um, way of creating for me yeah. I, I'm all into like how can I jump into the old wise person the old wise man and old wise woman they just they're not rushed you know they're like, why would they rush they're like getting closer to death they're like hey let's take it slow and I think there's a lot of beauty in like the path of least resistance. How can I, how much can I accomplish with the least amount of effort? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fascinating. 
I love it. I love it. Uh, Sebastian, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, and we will be right back. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And I'm back with Sebastian Rabbit de Nunez. And um, I love the conversation so much. It's actually, I'm taking a lot of good notes for myself. They're great <laughs> reminders. In fact, when we're done, I'll share a little a tale with you about uh, why this is so poignant right now. But I know that before we started taping, we were also talking about some of the, because this whole se this series this month is about money matters and how money matters. Um, I know that in, in the the drive, especially for entrepreneurs to say, I'm going to start charging more. Um, so maybe it's a consultant, maybe it's a small business owner, right? You know, it's a speaker, it's a trainer. That decision when you have to say, okay, I want to start charging more and meaning I want to start charging a premium or I want to increase my fees at any level. Um, I find that a lot of people will say that and then maybe they even have some bravado behind it, but then the actions to take it are challenging for them. So, you know, when you have clients in this position, how do you help them? What are your top tips for helping them to take those right steps to start to charge more and charge appropriately and do it with confidence that follows that where business actually follows? I'll start with the short answer. I say charge more, think later. <laughs> That's like the, the short version of it. And I know that's actually the best advice I can give, then I have to justify it, but that's the truth. Mm -hmm. Now, how I go about it, I go back to my journey. I started with the languages. I uh, speak 12 languages, as you mentioned, so I was teaching for a long time, first English or Spanish, or and then I moved on to teaching how to learn efficiently languages. But it took me so long, it took me like, I think six years to take my hourly rates, and hear me well, from 15 euros an hour, which was like uh, ads in France, like people, what, how much is charged, to 35 euros an hour. It took me six years. <laughs> then in 2018, at a moment of like breakdown, like nothing was working, what I wanted, I didn't want to teach languages anymore. I wanted to go into more like meaningful uh, work, like helping people finding a job they love, speaking, sharing their message. And I went like from 35 to 65 in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And 65, 120, 120, 250, 250, 500, 500, 1000, 1000, 1500, uh, and, and going up like this. And it was on average doubling my hourly rates every four months. And I, so when I go about how did I do that so that people can replicate that, I have to tune into my own story. Mm -hmm. And the first step 
is to realize that you have more value to offer and as long as you're undercharging, you're not really stimulated to do it. Right. Like, let's, be honest. let's be honest, I don't care how much you're charging right now, if people would pay you two, twice as much, three times, five times, ten times more, for you not to work ten times harder but for sh to show up ten times more present, and, and the, the thing is, I've asked that, I've led a lot of workshops like that, I say, are you giving your best right now? People, oh yeah, yeah, of course, I give my best. Now, someone pays you 10 times more, would you do something differently? Would you give more? Oh, of course, 100%. So you're not giving your best. <laughs> because you're, you cannot, you don't have the resources right now to give your best because you have to think that after that you have a sales call, maybe you have another client to handle, you have maybe 10 clients to handle at the same time instead of two or like right. 20 or 30s for some people. I've had people that have practices, they have like 20 clients a day, now, you know, coming in uh, and you're like, you cannot give your best to 20 people a day. You don't have right. space to breathe in between the sessions and I obviously use this as a caricature but even when you have five clients instead of two, well, obviously they cannot have as much as intention because that means that outside the time you're working with your client, you might be while walking by the, uh, on the beach or under the shower or while driving thinking about your one or two clients yeah. because you have only two. Now, for me, on one-on-one, -on -one, I don't want to have more than three clients. That's like a maximum I want to have, and that's, I feel it's almost too much. So, my point is, and, and that's really where I go, is if you can see that by multiplying your pricing by two, three, four, five, and I usually train people to multiply it by 10, you see that you could deliver more value you not charging that is stealing. Ah. Because there's value in you that nobody is seeing because you're not offering it. Mm -hmm. and, and it's mathematical. I've led it with people that are just getting started and people that already have big offers, 10K, 20K offers. And I just say, okay, let's multiply this by 10. And, it's, and I love visualization and embodiment practices. So close your eyes, take a deep breath in, imagine a client pays you 10 times more than what is your most expensive offer right now. You just add a zero at the end, you cash the money in. Would you do something differently? Absolutely. What, <laughs> would, you, what? what would you create for them? What are the things that you would add that you're not giving right now? And usually what happens, more than seeing it, people get excited. Because yeah. they start tapping into their playfulness. Yeah. Because they're starting to be creative. Oh, I would fly them to this place and would create this thing or we would hire a team to do this. You know, we'll take pictures of them, change their, the way they dress, and I will send them on an adventure. I have a client, he just told me, I did that with him. Say, what would you do? I would, oh, I would take people on a motorbike tour on the Route 66 to help them embody freedom. 
Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, I have goosebumps again talking about this. When he told me, I was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. But you yes. cannot do that for a thousand euros, like renting the motorbikes, planning the whole trip, creating a beautiful experience for them. You got to charge 10K, 20K per person for your five day tour. Yeah. And then every time you add money on how much you charge them, the more you can create a, an experience that is unique. Mm-hmm. Now, when he's talking about it, he's getting all excited because now he has the space, money is a, a form of space to create that. Because he's not thinking, oh, I have to, oh, yeah, but the hotels, oh, the flights, I don't know. If he feels like he wants to do Philadelphia to Louisiana, but then he doesn't want to have them drive all the way, they can say, Okay, and then we take a flight to San Francisco and then we drive all the way uh, down to San Diego. Right. Because you have money, you don't limit yourself on what's possible. It, right. it, it doesn't matter what you do, what is important is what do you, when you're free to create whatever you come up with. And again, it's not just about an experience. As much as I'm, I love traveling, I've traveled, it's, if you want to charge 10,000 or something like that for a trip like that, you got to deliver value. You got to make sure that at the end of these people are transformed. They don't have just, they didn't go just on a nice holiday. Now I was telling him, you should maybe think about charging 50,000 for one week for like this. Now, not only maybe you don't change everything, they don't have to have better motorbikes, but you can pay attention to the details. Mm-hmm. every single detail because now you're not spending that money you're spending that money in you for you to have creative ideas right yeah you don't need ne- necessarily ne- uh, better bikes but you have unique places that ev- they stop for lunch which you know all of a sudden it's a you know picnic out in the middle of nowhere that you've delivered in that costs a fraction of it but it delivers an uncanny experience you know that you couldn't have anywhere else and you, you know, I keep reminding my clients, your clients pay you for you to go out there, learn and condense what you've learned. Yes. So that they don't, it doesn't take as much time for them. So they pay you for you to go train yourself, learn from the best, condense what you found the most useful because it takes time to go to all the trainings in the world, read all the books, receive, but you come up you synthesize that and you provide it to them. And now it's my clients are eager learners. They love to keep on growing and learning. So I say, well, you're going to charge more so that you can do the best training in the world. Yes. And pass it on to your clients. Now they're like, Ooh, wow. You know, they're like getting so excited. Yes, I know. I'm so excited. I've taken three pages of notes, Sebastian. You've inspired me in many ways today. I could pick your brain like this all day long. And I'm just getting it for free because I can ask you the questions. But your but your knowledge and enthusiasm is really contagious. There's a couple things within my business that we've we've been, you know, working on the price increase. And I knew there was something keeping me back from part of it. And my husband's like, just charge this amount, just do it. And I'm like, okay. And last night he said something, I'm like, okay, I should do it. But until I was talking to you now, I'm like, yes, I should just do it. Change now, think later. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get practical bigger. exercise, you know, you, you find the number that feels right. I, I think multiplying by 10 is a good 
stretch, it doesn't mean you have to sell it. What I want you to do is to see it. I want you to think and see and feel what it feels like to deliver that amount of value so that you start feeling that if you're selling for less, you start still stealing yourself. No, not the clients because you don't, but you're like, uh, oh, right. I sell for 10K, 100K, oh, I could do all these things. Now you want to boot that into the offer and you're selling that for 10K. Oh, that's too cheap. I'm too cheap. Now you show up to a call and you're like, no, it should be 20, 25. Yeah, 25. And you're like, still too cheap. I'm stealing myself. Now you have this feeling and I was, I, and what the image I use is like, you know when you're going to buy a second hand car? and you start to feel like you're making a good deal because the person is underpricing the car. Yes. You want the car more. Before that, you didn't know if you wanted the car, but when you're starting to feel like you're making a deal, so you want to show up as a person selling their car, feeling like you're, oh, I, I'm just selling it for too cheap now. Now, bear in mind that these too cheap is twice the price or three times the price you used to sell it for. But I, I want to just give you a concrete example of what I've done actually yesterday night. So yesterday night I was again th challenging my pricing. Um, I was thinking of like who at the top of my mind I could help, you know, and what would I do if I would give them my best for a year and then seeing how much I should charge for that. Right. And I started seeing an offer for 250000 I felt like, you know, I work with a CEO, visionary CEO and how I can help them step into their leadership and roll fully their team, shine up to the world as like someone who's going to change the world. And I started feeling 250 is cheap. Uh -huh. And I start, and I said, no, I'm not going to leave this exercise until I start feeling that 250,000 is very cheap. But I want I'll push this exercise and start saying, but what if I had as a client someone who's leading like a massive company generating over 100 million a year? Mm -hmm. Could I offer something that is worth 1 million? Mm -hmm. And I started embodying that. Then I started, well, what if my client was Elon Musk? Mm, yeah. I could charge a billion to him. He would be able to pay if I can deliver value. Right. Just like a deal. My point is here, like hear me out. It's not about tomorrow I'm going to call Elon Musk and saying I have a billion euro offer. <laughs> I want to make it very tangible. Okay, that's the spiritual part, but I want to make it tangible. But my point is, if I start rehearsing, being on a sales meeting with Elon Musk and creating a package, an offer that is worth one billion, mm -hmm. how do you think I feel if I sell something for 10,000? Yeah, you're like, what am I doing? I'm at the dollar store. What am store I doing? Right I saw myself. I would shh myself out <laughs> completely to make an offer for one billion. But I see that it could be possible. Envisioning that it's the possibility of it. Again, I don't. You know, my partner. She always says I'm stretching a bit too much. But I love doing this. Like going, okay, what's a way? Uh, one billion offer. What does it look like? Exactly. But. Once you do that, once you saw yourself offering, I, whatever, find a number, but find a number that is ridiculous for where you are right now. If you're charging 10K, imagine a 100,000 or a million or 500,000. Yeah. If you can imagine 10 million offer and feel that, yes, 
I see how I could deliver value. I see how that person could be happy at the end. Once you start feeling this, you come down to your current pricing and you look at it and like, as you said, what am I doing? Yeah. It's not that yeah. the pricing is wrong, is you're talking to people that also cannot, as we were saying earlier, receive fully the value that you could provide to somebody else in another position. You're right. You're absolutely right. Oh, Sebastian, I could, I could talk to you all day long. You are absolutely inspirational, definitely motivational, and really <laughs> put this an amazing perspective. I hate to even get near the end because I just, I'm having a great time, but I know we will have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody feels like me and they're like, I need to find this man right now. What's the best way for them to find you? Um, my YouTube channel, Sebastian Roger de Nunez, where I put out content, which are also the episodes of my podcast. I'm, a, as you might have noticed, I'm a very physical person in my communication and I love sharing on video. And the, the podcast is also on all the platforms. It's called Nuggets of Wisdom. So there are the ways to consume this idea. I don't talk only about sales and pricing. I, as much as I believe this is a crucial, vital point to open up for everything. But I talk a lot about how do you stay in, in joy and make joy your priority or happiness or fulfillment, however you want to call it. How do you handle relationship with partners and teams? All these things to create the best life possible. That's what I, you know, shock your potential. <laughs> That's what it is about. And then the Facebook group called Superhero Tribe, where I also share my content, but I, it is a community. I want people there to really feel like they can engage and also get helped or help and collaborate. I, this is a tribe of people that want to live the best life possible and not just like an okay life. Say, no, 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 more is possible without and I want it. Mm -hmm. I want yeah, it. Man. I want to create a bigger impact. Yeah. I want to have, make more money so that I can have the best life possible. And yes, an impact, income, I impact and fun. I love yeah. it. Sebastian, thank you so much. Before we go, what are your last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? I think I will go back to the short version of the advice because I, I want to build on what we've been saying today. One of the things I've noticed with myself and my clients is we want to be ready uh, to increase our pricing. We want to feel like, oh, let me write out all the elements of the offer, everything that it contains, everything. Let me have it ready before I sell it. And the truth is, you can't. Hmm. Like, it's not like I advise you against, it's you can't make the offer ready before you have sold it. Because once you will have someone that you support that is paying you twice or three times as more as you're used to, you will be in that position of what I call the positive pressure, the pressure that invites you to rise. Because mm -hmm. you're like, now I have to live up to what I sold. And, and we have this inherent, beautiful thing of feeling inadequate and never, never enough. So when you start charging more, you feel like an imposter. Yeah. You feel like, oh my God, they will find out, they will find out. If you use this pressure in the right way, it will force you to become better. So now, when you have the real scenario of someone who paid you more in front of you, you wanna be there to support them fully. And now, with them, you're creating the offer. Amazing, 
That's true. And it will adapt as you go because you're trying to deliver more. Yes. And, I, and just on a very quick note, it should not create a negative pressure where you overwork, you overprepare and all this. You're good enough. And what do you have to offer if you're fully present, if you're fully showing up, if you're there for the person, not because you're due, but because you are there with the person, is what people will value the most. Because instead of you coming up with a plan that is irrelevant to them, you will be there with them to listen to their current need right now and trust that you have enough tools in you or the commitment that you will find the tool to help them. Ah, amen to that. Sebastian, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing, Likewise. again, your wisdom, your expertise, but your positive energy. It has just been an absolute <laughs> joy to have you as a guest today. It's been a pleasure and an honor. I feel like there's so many uh, like neurons that were firing up and passion and it, it, we share so many values. Uh, it's, it's been a an honor and a great pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.